Fans about films. Nerdy and informative. Greetings, dear listeners, and a very warm welcome to the newest episodes of Fans About Films. I know it has been a while. Some changes have been going on in my life, but now I think I am ready to do more episodes like this. And I am very happy for today's guest, because it happens that I have been following his YouTube channel for quite a while, for years, in fact. I'm very proud to have him as a guest on here, and he's going to introduce himself right now. Hello, I'm Garrett Snook online. I'm known as Ilnej. I'm a uh, YouTuber. I've done movie reviews in the past. I do song parodies, um, songs that are not parodies. They're just nerdy as all hell. Uh, yeah, that's that's my deal. <laughs> <laughs> you do the lots, in other words. Yeah, and um, and like what you were saying about uh, not not having done anything in a while, I know that feeling all too well. So I guess we're we're similar in that way. <laughs> Being a creator can be very hard sometimes. Yep. Yeah, I I, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> But you have you have a much bigger following than me, so I guess the pressure must be quite big sometimes. Uh, kind of. It's also, I mean, it's it's also just like going to bed, like. On a Friday night, it's like, oh, what did, uh, in addition to the day job and video games, did I get anything done that was actually productive in terms of my long-term creative goals? Oh, nothing? Again? One of those weeks. Great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's my week, too. That's that's exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh, boy. I think, I think a lot of people can relate. I think a lot of people who are listening are creators as well. But yeah, that's that's how it is. Always have to record something, always have to write something, and I, mostly I get it done in time. But sometimes it's just so much that you there's just uh, so much you can do per day. Well, yeah, because like, it's an emotional investment too. Because I thought I had more to add to that thought, but that's about the end of that thought. It's such an emotional investment. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, I wanted to uh, know plenty of things about you uh, before we jump into the topic, uh, because I think I discovered you through your uh, Van Helsing review, what we had to watch. Oh, I wish you'd discovered me through a better video. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that was the one, but I really liked it. it. It was during a time where I was, for some reason, I was on this bad movie high and watched Van Helsing a lot. And I was looking for other opinions online and stumbled across your review and really connected with it. Really, really liked it. And then I started following your channel and discovered all your other What We Had To Watch reviews. How did it happen that you... It did uh, this review stuff, and how did it evolve over the years? Um, I, I think the way it started is really similar to a lot of other people who who still do or used to do movie reviews, is I discovered the Nostalgia Critic, and after watching a bunch of his stuff and then the other reviewers who were on thatguywiththeglasses.com, the thought process became, oh yeah, I can totally do that. So um, I... I found a niche that I thought was unique at the time, because um, there was a lot of coverage for the 80s and the 90s at that time. I didn't feel like anybody was specifically only focusing on the 2000s, which uh, I'm, I'm, I was born in 1989, but um, half of my growing up, or whatever you want to call it, was in the 2000s. So like right at the turn of the century is a lot of 
when the more formative media that I experienced came about. So I wanted to... That's also when I started to... I, I think I was, you know... Not I think, I know. I was, um... Uh, like, you know, 11, 12, 13. And that's when I started to really become aware of having opinions on media other than this good, this bad. So that's how I started selecting the movies I wanted to review. Like Van Helsing, I was, you know, 13 with my friends. We're seeing that we're high on sugar and thinking, oh my gosh, Wolverines hunting vampires. This is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, and so like, I, I kind of just focused in on that couple year niche because that was in retrospect, a really personal time for me in terms of the media I was interacting with and the personal relationships I developed uh, with those movies I was watching. Yeah, yeah, you can certainly get that when you uh, watch uh, those videos. Um, and Especially, I think one of my brothers is also familiar with uh, your work on the um, Aragon review, and we agreed with you on a lot of points. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, like, um, Aragon was absolutely... Um, I think that's the first movie I remember sitting in a theater, kind of checking out and just riffing it with my friend under our breath, and that's part of why I was so excited to do that, is because that... Even, even though it was just, like... it. It's no great talent to sit in a movie and make fun of it, but, um, unless you're really good at it. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that's just the first time I remember kind of like, <laughs> I'm aware of what this movie's shortcomings are. I'm 15. I don't know how old I was. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's funny because, um, uh, as far as Aragon is concerned, that riffing under your breath, that was exactly what my parents were doing in the theater. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, because I was a huge fan of the book when that movie came out, and I was, uh, and we had to sit apart from each other because the theater was so full, and so I was sitting like in, in one of the front rows, and they were sitting way back. And I was watching the movie, and I was like, yeah, it's not really like the book, but I don't know, it's it's kind of entertaining. And then I came out of the theater, and my parents' reactions were much more negative, and they told me what kind of bad jokes they were making during the screening. <laughs> Man, Hans Gruber's brother's really fallen on hard times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That revisiting that movie as an adult, though, that is partially what affirmed my deep, deep, abiding, uh, ongoing appreciation for Jeremy Irons. I want that man in my life as my grandpa or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. It's great to see him whenever he pops up in movies and sometimes he's kind of wasted like in Assassin's Creed or in uh, what was the other one um Red Sparrow he was also in that briefly oh I I, uh, I missed both of both of those oh okay I see if I had known I might have checked those out <laughs> Assassin's Creed is a piece of shit <laughs> that's what I've heard which is like so disappointing because I feel like in terms of video game adaptations like that's one IP that there's so much depth to mine for a decent movie there but they, for some reason, decided that everybody liked the sequences in the present and not the ones where you're in the animus, you know, flipping off rooftops and stuff. Exactly. That's exactly the problem. And I was uh, I was so incredibly angry at the movie during my review, I couldn't even really uh, get angry anymore. Like, I was just like, I, I, I just named things that were wrong with it, and I was just completely destroyed, and it was my number one worst movie of that particular year and it was it was great because the theater was packed it was just freaking, <laughs> it was freaking packed and i was sitting right in the middle and nobody made a sound except for me like when uh, at, at, at certain points in the movie there was just absolute silence and you just uh, and you just could hear me saying 
That's the best. Yeah, I was just so depressed. And yeah, Jeremy Irons is in that. And it's, it's just, what what does even matter? I mean, he has a bigger role in that than Red Sparrow. Red Sparrow is a, is a weird film too. And he has a Russian mm. accent in it. So I, that's oh. something, I guess. <laughs> huh. he's, um, I like that he's doing accents now. He, he popped on the Southern accent for, what was that one called? Beautiful Creatures. Didn't see that one either, but. <laughs> oh, you're right. I did see that. Yeah. But it, it's been so long that I, I can't mm. really remember. <laughs> but uh, those movies aren't the topic. Um, before we uh, jump into the topic, I have to say you have um, a big appreciation and uh, very much stuff going on on your channel and in general about uh, Pokemon. What's up with that? Oh, um, well, I um, I mean, I, like so many other people, I... Uh... Got rolling into Pokemon in the '90s. Then I set it aside when I got when I hit middle school. I thought I'm too old. To, I'm too old for this. Yu-Gi-Oh is where it's really at. <laughs> uh, then come college, though, I had a roommate who he never had the set it aside phase. He he had stayed into Pokemon consistently, and he rubbed off on me in a major way. So when it came time for me to start like doing uh, YouTube content. Uh, Pokemon just kind of naturally became a part of it, and as a, a lot of people who've been following my channel know, I had to go on a uh, break throughout, I think it was most of 2017, because I had a wrist injury and I couldn't make content for a while, but when it came time to return, I thought it would be interesting if I set the movie reviews aside for a while and tried this new little project I've got called uh, Rock That Pokemon, where I'm just, I'm writing songs about Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I see. Yeah, because I, I have to say, I'm, I'm not really a, a fan of, of all that stuff. But I guess right now is a really exciting time uh, to be alive as a Pokemon fan since the uh, Detective Pikachu movies out currently. Have you seen it by now? Oh yeah, I've seen it twice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I see. Because I, I, I didn't get the chance because I was also like, well, why should I even go see that? It's, it's clearly not made for me. As a Pokemon fan, were you satisfied? Oh, absolutely. Um, it wasn't like blow my face off amazing, but it was solid. Um, there was a good amount of fan service in there. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is hilarious. There's, you know, there's, there's, there's some real heart to the story. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like biggest complaint was that like sometimes Ryan Reynolds was a little too Ryan Reynolds. He did a lot of ad libbing, and that's a lot of what they wound up keeping in. Uh, and sometimes I'm like, okay, you're pushing it a little, a little far. I but, see. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, and it's, uh, I I might go see it a third time. I don't know. Um, I guess it's doing, uh, Shazam numbers right now, but it had a pretty, it had a way bigger budget, so they want to make sequels, and I I would like to help that happen. And I know that me buying one more ticket, that's totally gonna make all the difference. A absolutely, yes. I mm. mean, uh, we aren't foolish or anything. That's that's exactly what will make the difference. <laughs> And this whole year is actually, like, it's it's a really busy year for Pokemon fans because Detective Pikachu's out now, but then later this year, they're putting out a full CGI remake of the very first Pokemon movie. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this is a year of full CGI remakes, by the way. <laughs> and <laughs> um, and uh, the new uh, Switch games are coming out in the fall, so there's there's a whole lot of Pokemon headlines in 2019. Oh boy, yeah, certainly an exciting time to be alive um, mm -hmm. when you are a fan of all of it. I am I am actually glad for the fans because um, from what were you telling me about the movie, it's clear that they didn't screw it up and that's all that matters, I guess. Oh, totally, yeah. Because uh, as, we, as, as we've seen, I mean, I, I saw your, I think your review of uh, um, 
Dragon Ball Evolution movie was somehow controversial because uh, you are one of the few people <laughs> who doesn't hate that movie with a fiery passion. I myself have no history with um, with a series or anything like that. And I, I watched the movie just, I don't know, just on a lark and it was just, meh, yeah, this is bad. But with the points you brought up, I actually found very, very interesting and I could observe your points with the eye of somebody who didn't even like the original show, so I wasn't offended. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad I glad I didn't defend you. Because <laughs> um, I remember like part of how that review came to be was that uh, I would get you know requests for reviews in my comments constantly. But what started to rub me the wrong way about comedic internet reviews was that there was always the assumption of this is the worst thing ever, and yeah. that's that's on both the part of you know people leaving comments asking for a review, and also I would look back at my older videos and that was coloring my writing a whole lot, I would be five minutes into a movie and the jokes I was writing about it were, there was no good faith engagement with a lot of those movies. It was just me sitting, okay, I'm sitting down. Let's just assume this movie's bad. That'll be what my joke's about. I won't, but you know, I was going in with that assumption instead of actually letting the movie lead me there. And when I would get all these comments saying, oh man, could you do Dragon Ball Evolution? I'd love to see you tear that movie apart. But so many people had already torn that movie apart. And when I sat down to actually watch it for notes and everything, I just did not have that visceral reaction. And I just thought, yeah, okay, guys, this movie, it's bad. I'm not going to pretend it's not. But there's a whole lot of other stuff we're not really scratching the surface of because everyone's too caught up in how faithful it is to the source material, which it's not at all. <laughs> but, you know, th that's just one lens you could look at that movie through. There's, like, you could also just engage with it as a bad movie on its own merits. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even if you know nothing about the original stuff and all of that, you can just watch it as a, uh, as, as a newcomer and get why this movie doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, and you can and you can see James Marston from Buffy in a uh, in green makeup, which is always a good time. Yeah, yeah, true. I totally forgot he was in there. I just said James Marsden. That's that's not his name. I think it's James oh, yeah. Mar James Marster. Sorry, James Marsden is the guy from the Sonic is Cyclops and the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> yeah, now Sonic the Hedgehog movie, indeed. Oh boy, let's not get into that one. <laughs> uh, um, so, um, because um, you have seen it uh, in the title, dear listeners, our topic today are actually the Disney remakes. And um, I, uh, of first, I, of course, want to know, uh, because you told me you have only seen one of the Disney remakes, which one was it and what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I've seen The Jungle Book and... Of the ones that have come out so far, I feel like that one's been one of the less con- I don't know if I want to say controversial, but um, I feel like the reception to that one was mostly positive. I thought it was, you know, I had a good time. It was, like, going out. I think it was, you know, I don't know if it was Mother's Day or around my mom's birthday, but it was one of those, it just became a mom gets to hang out with her kids day. And we went and saw The Jungle Book and we all had a grand time. Christopher Walken was King Louie, which is still awesome. <laughs> yes. Oh, dooby doo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I'm an ape. Just like when you read uh, the, the, the uh, you know, the, the, the Poker Face song. In his... Oh. That, that's exactly what it sounds like. Oh, so oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Show me what I got. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch that again now. Yes, yes. Also, how he reads the three little pigs, that one is priceless. Oh, yeah. Smart piggy. Oink, oink. <laughs> so the pig's got a chin. I don't know. <laughs> oh, so great. But yeah, um, you're totally right. That was one of the um, better received ones. Uh, I mean, so, so I think it has a pretty good approval rating on... Rotten Tomatoes, it made all the money, um, like nearly a billion or even like a billion dollars. And I also don't mind it. I mean, I grew up with the original, um, liked it a lot, and never never wanted to watch the parts with uh, Shere Khan. We always turned the movie off uh, when, <laughs> when I was little, uh, before it came to that part. But uh, later in life, you know, watched it and I was like, oh yeah, this is not that scary. But yeah, um, a great little movie, um, but you can certainly see the... The cheapness of it you can see that that was uh, at a point where disney didn't have really that much money to do a movie like this you can see a lot of repetition in the animation and the animation is quite simple but i think the characters are fun how they are adapting the story in a lighter way really works and how they and the remake how they try to adapt some of the darker elements of the book and tie them into the uh, disney stuff i think it what quite well. I actually also really had a good time uh, with that one. Yeah, and like you were saying, um, that was a, a weird time for Disney. Everything was being made on a low budget. And if you go back and watch just everything from that era, the narratives are all kind of free-flowy. And, like, the Jungle Book especially is more like a series of vignettes. And then, about halfway through, there's plot. And so... In terms of that, it it seems appropriate to do a remake there because, you know, now obviously Disney has all the money in the world and that's not terrifying in the least. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was right around the same time where um, The Sword of the Stone came out, which was also done by the same director, and uh, that one has uh, the same kind of structure in a way. Oh yeah, and then Robin Hood, which recycled animation from both of those. Yes, true! Oh my god, absolutely true. Oh yeah, but um, so, you know, now, what was that, 2016 when that came out? But the idea is like, yeah, you have a budget now, and also, it would be interesting to see all these animals with so much personality in CGI, um, and we can have, we can have like a more kind of, we can have a story that's structured more in line with, th with modern, uh, standards, there's a bit more world building in the newer version. There's like a little bit of lore and there's the whole, oh, a water truce. That's a thing. Let's let's dive into to that. The, the, the prophecy of the water truce or whatever it was. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, right. They bring that weird uh, political angle into the jungle, which I, which I quite enjoyed. And also, I think uh, there are several things the remake does better. Like, for example... Um, in, in the original, there is no real beef between Mowgli and Shere Khan. It's just like, oh, Shere Khan wants to kill you, you have to get out. They don't even meet until the end, you know? Oh, it's, yeah. And they have no chemistry as a hero and a villain because they don't really know uh, who uh, the other person is. And in the uh, remake, uh, Shere Khan, uh, they actually have, you know, their backstories are kind of tied together and they have early encounters. And so that makes the climax all the more meaningful, uh, which I actually really appreciated. Yeah, it allows for like a much uh, much tighter, tighter screenplay where it all kind of wraps up. Whereas in the original, there's even the line, "Run! Why should I run? Everyone runs from Shere Khan. I I'm that guy. Every <laughs> I'm the guy who makes people run. What? You're not getting it." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. They kind of comment on that fact, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, you mentioned that uh, Disney has all the money in the world now, which is terrifying indeed. <laughs> Disney kind of owns everything now, kind they of. Own, or, they own Hulu now, I think. 
Oh God. <laughs> so, um, are there any pros to that or just cons? What do you think of all the stuff with Disney actually taking over? <laughs> Uh, X-Men and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I oh, guess I, so. I get, I, I get to smash my action figures together at the cost of less stuff being made. Um, The, the, the Fox merger, um, I'm not the pers first person to point this out, but Fox was one of the studios that would take more risks in terms of what kind of movies they were willing to make. Mm-hmm. Now that Disney owns them, though, that's pr that aspect of Fox is probably going to go away. Granted, Fox was dying and looking to sell anyway, but uh, I, I, I don't know. It's uh, it's uh, I'm not terrified. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's true because I, I, I used to think I think I talked about this on another podcast where I was like, Fox is such a weird studio in the way that how they are putting stuff out because they do, you know, corporate safe shit. And they also, sometimes when they do this bizarre niche thing, I mean, they were actually fighting to get Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter off the ground. They were dying to make that movie, um, which is really interesting. And also, like, just more recently, they actually released a movie like Cure for Wellness to the public. Oh, Yeah. Oh, Fox. Yeah, it's always weird. And then you have uh, the Fox Searchlight stuff, which is, of course, you mm -hmm. know, they, uh, they're they uh, doing much more interesting um, projects. And I don't know, I think Disney said something about, like, they were still um, letting them do those. Maybe just... Uh, but I'm I'm really not sure. And who knows what the future will bring. I'm Yeah, I, I'm kind of worried about, you know, more interesting little independent films. But also, yeah, I'm not the first person to say that. Mm-hmm. I actually am at my job, um, my, my, my day job, I'm an editor for an in-flight company, so we, we are the one who, we're the ones who remove all the nudity and the cursing from the movies you watch on, um, airlines, but I was doing just a whole bunch of Fox movies this week, and just seeing the breadth of, of subject matter, because I had, okay, we got Hope Floats, we've got Courage Under Fire, we've got the Fat Albert remake, this is my day. <laughs> <laughs> really that's your job editing movies for <laughs> for, for airplanes oh yeah because uh, um obviously you don't want someone to look over your shoulder and whatever you're watching and see boobs but um also uh plane crashes that's a big thing that has to come out when uh you're on a flight oh yeah yeah my uh, one of my brothers uh, watched iron man 3 on the plane and he told me the entire <laughs> the entire plane scene is missing that's a <laughs> Uh, I almost said that one's legendary. I don't know if that's legendary at my work, but that's a that's a fun insight. I don't know if we did that one, but actually, yeah, the company I work for might have done that one, depending on because we do a bunch of Disney stuff. Interesting. Wow. Another one was um in a Captain America Civil War. All the shots of War Machine falling out of the sky were fine, but him hitting the ground had to go. What? That's, that's so weird. That's what's yeah. kind of censorship is sometimes like for example the. Uh, the, the controversial thing they did with Raiders of the Lost Ark, where we're like, we can't show uh, the head of a bad guy being blown up, so we will put CGI fire in front of it, and then it's fine. And I'm like, it's still the same thing. Yeah, that, 
I'd, I'd never heard that one. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. They actually, they uh, originally, like when, when Belloc's head um, uh, blows up, that was totally, you know, that was just his head blowing up and the sensors were like, you can't show that. And then they were like, okay, let's put uh, this, this fire in front of it. And then they were saying, okay, now it's fine. <laughs> That's so silly. <laughs> just just obs- obscuring the frame a little bit. But yeah, it's, it, it's still weird. And was that just to get a PG-13? And no, that movie is actually rated PG. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah, right. that, that was that was before um before Temple of Doom was so violent that they were like, okay, we need a new rating. That one at Gremlins. Right. Yeah, that was G- still I think yeah, a PG. Yeah, that's that's Raiders of a Lost Ark for you. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays every Pixar film is PG. <laughs> right. For rude humor. Yeah, just the one line, maybe. <laughs> I think I saw a CGI animal butt. Ugh. Oh no. <laughs> oh god that's, that's just so stupid censorship is a whole other thing um but yeah about the disney remakes um it's a huge trend now it's a big big trend and it's a very controversial trend um mm-hmm. what um what is your what are your thoughts on the idea of a remake in general do you think there's a point to a remake um, I think after there's been enough time and technological shifts, I think it can be warranted to revisit an older story. Um, like we were talking about earlier, the Jungle Book, 70s version, it was made on the cheap, very kind of free flow structure. So there was room to do something a little bit different with it uh, the year it came out. And case in point, that wasn't the only Jungle Book remake that was supposed to come out that year. I think the Andy Circus one got pushed back a little bit because... Yeah. Disney because screwed of... it. You blew it! <laughs> <laughs> exactly, because of that one. And very mm-hmm. much just like, uh, w- w- this one won't make any money in the cinemas. Let's just put it on Netflix. And I watched it. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah, I still need to check that out. Oh yeah, you should. It's it's really, they, uh, the characters are way, way different because they are much closer to the book. So Baloo, Baloo is almost unrecognizable. And oh. the one standout is really Christian Bale. Christian Bale is amazing as Bagheera. Like, you can see... His facial expressions in the animation, I mean, they did motion capture with it. His voice, it's one of the most emotional performances he's ever given. Oh. You're coming into my jungle carrying that fire going da-da-da-da-da. It's effing distracting. You're a nice kid. You're a nice kid. (laughs) (laughs) You're a nice man cup. (laughs) (laughs) But in terms of a lot of the other remakes they've been doing, um, I didn't see Cinderella. I heard it was okay. I just had no desire to check it out. Um, But then you get to stuff like Beauty and the Beast, where a lot of what's making... A lot of what's different about it is they're deciding to go back and address all of the weird nitpicky criticisms people have just built up over the past 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I don't know. It's, I, th- I think the remakes could be really interesting if they were focusing more on the more, you know, free flowy narrative stuff from the weirder eras of Disney. But um, as I say that, I realize we just got both a King Arthur movie and a Robin Hood movie, neither of which did very well. So those aren't going to be coming out anytime soon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, my my take on remakes is, on remakes in general, is a remake isn't really justified unless you are doing something different with the story. You know, just mm-hmm. remaking it because of technical reasons is just kind of weird. You know, hey, this movie, it's a product of its time. Leave it alone. You know, I've um, but uh, 
say what you want about Maleficent, I personally like the movie, but at least they are telling the story from a different point of view and adding new things and twists to it which aren't a part of the original. Right. So yeah, um, and that was when uh, Cinderella I skipped. Um, I just wasn't interested. I, I don't even think I have seen the original movie. Yeah, I, I actually didn't uh, watch the original movie, but I, but I heard it's good. And also the remake, yeah, I heard it's fine. And a lot of people uh, tell me that's the best remake. But um, Beauty and the Beast, I watched. Um, I watched actually on a on a trip to New York with my mom, and, and my little brother, and we came out of it really didn't like it. My, me and my mom, we were just talking like for an hour about <laughs> how much this one missed the entire point, and um, uh, that was like uh, this is my new definition of pointless remake. Where it's just redo the story, you know, make the designs creepy. And right. um, uh, let's redo the songs and make them just not very good singers, you know? I mean, Emma mm. Watson, God bless her, you know, I think she's a she's a fine actress and all of it, but she, really, she, she can't pull off what what the uh, part of Belle uh, requires. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the designs of all the stuff in the castle, it's incredibly, it's incredibly unsettling. There's one nice twist we do, which is whenever one uh, part of a rose dies they actually become a little bit more uh, animate. Um, they uh, they uh, turn more and more into the things. And oh. at the end, there's actually, you know, the risk. We will be uh, inanimate objects forever and can't even move around or talk, which I thought was actually, you know, kind of a good idea. Yeah, like that uh, That reinforces the ticking clock. So that actually is like a really interesting uh, little little twist to put on it. Yeah, and they get into it at the end. It gets incredibly dark. <laughs> Yeah, but the but there's also you know, well, why did you guys get turned into furniture if, if the beast was the one who was being a dick? Oh well, we let him be a dick, so it's kind of <laughs> our fault too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's and like, also, that's your your job is to get him stuff and then leave the room. Like it's not your job to to fix the di- hashtag fix the dick. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means, I don't know. <laughs> oh, but but uh, can be interpreted in so many fun ways. Let's get that trending, y'all. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. I will. Um, I will do that immediately after we are done. <laughs> 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 um, but um, yeah, uh, the the thing that's kind of like also why Rogue One came into existence. It seems like the entire movie is just based on oh, we want to address the quote-unquote plot hole from the original right and then they made you know solo which just exists to explain why nobody can agree on how to pronounce han's name <laughs> i never saw it like that that's great <laughs> but yeah i mean it might be so, so solo was fine i didn't like work one at all but solo at least has um, engaging characters and a great score and everything but yeah no i had talked about solo in a different episode but um yeah, it's, it's just, um, in, in, I mean, Beauty and the Beast, I mean, these remakes, they, uh, that's one of my problems, because most of these remakes, and you could, you could actually say it about all of these, they don't exist for any kind of artistic purpose, you know, they, they exist to make money, and uh, that's, which is a kind of a cynical thing to say, but most of these remakes are coming across uh, incredibly cynical, because movies are this weird blur between um, artistry and business 
And wherever, whenever somebody makes a movie, you know, whenever somebody makes anything, the, uh, one of the uh, thoughts about is, oh, I can make some money off of this, maybe, in, in the best case. Mm. Which, you know, which is fine. We all have to make a living. And um, I hope to uh, make money with all the stuff I do on the internet as well at some point, which would be great. But um, the the thing about these Disney remakes is just like they... they and, and that became apparent when I watched the trailers for Aladdin and Lion King, where I was just like, these these remakes, they don't have any real artistry to them, except for, oh, there's a guy who's pointing a camera at something, and there's costume and set design. There's, otherwise, there's no point on an artistic or emotional or storytelling level, and that's just, I don't know, I, that just feels wrong. Yeah, I still can't get over how bland the Prince Ali sequence looks in that preview they released. I watched that preview, yeah. I mean, I I uh, I saw your reaction to it on Twitter, and it's it's just because I was I was kind of like, okay, there's there's some there's some nice things, but then also it's it just shows you what animation is capable of doing and where live action things are just kind of are just not going to cut it because uh, in, in animation you can do so much more things with colors and movement and choreography and all of that and unless you're putting a whole lot of CG into something uh, you are limited by live action stuff and in this it just looks like it looks so claustrophobic, it looks small the colors don't really pop the editing is weird it's and, and the, the, the the singing isn't especially good. I mean, it's it's one of those. I that clip actually made me realize how much I love Will Smith's charisma, like how how much charisma he actually has, and um, how, what how many movies he actually made great just by his performance. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, more recently he's done some uh, weird dramatic stuff. But um, him, I, I I I saw an early German review where somebody said he's actually one of the standouts of a movie. He's one of the... He's a weird high point, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, which means that um, I, I guess he actually makes it work. And um, there was this great joke in the um, honest trailer for the original Aladdin where, you know, they're changing the song and you're never going to recast me. <laughs> 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 where we're like, okay, Josh Gad and... Um, some other actors they listed who maybe could be cast as the genie that was before the Will Smith announcement. Can Josh Gad do this? Can Jack Black do that? Can Jim Carrey pull this off without his mask? Mr. Hugh Jackman's son is Saint Tony. The torch can pass, go ahead, recast. But I'll always be the best, always be the best. If the remake talk or rest, it'll be a mess. Cause I'll always be the best genie. You ain't never gonna recast me. I get because just for him alone, I might give this one a shot when I have the time and money in a few days when it comes. I think it comes out like at the end of May here, but I am. I I'm not sure. Are you willing to uh, give that one a try? I think so. I mean. Uh, after, you know, the Prince Ali uh, clip went up, I'm like, oh, this looks terrible. I, I went to see, I think I was seeing Detective Pikachu for the second time, and a, the actual proper Aladdin trailer popped up. I'm like, okay, this looks a little bit more interesting. I'm digging some of the jokes they're putting in there. 
So I'm hoping that maybe, I mean, th this is the worst thing to say going into an Aladdin movie, but I hope Prince Ali is just one boring sequence among an otherwise interesting movie. And like, yeah, because I really want the big show-stopping number to be the low point. But um, <laughs> I'll probably check it out out of curiosity. I'm not going like opening weekend or anything. There was a there was a meme a couple months ago where it's it's the guy looking over the shoulder meme, but he's looking at Godzilla and Detective Pikachu. Meanwhile, Aladdin is the girlfriend. Is like what? what is this? And that absolutely <laughs> summed up how I was viewing the month of May. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see your point. Um, I am, I'm kind of curious about Godzilla myself, even though from the trailers, I actually think it kind of looks like a mess because they are putting so much into it, it seems. Yeah, oddly enough, it's, um, it's pretty much the exact plot of the first King Ghidorah movie, or I, I don't know if it was the very first one, It's, but in, it, in its continuity, there's like, there's a couple different eras of Godzilla movies, and each one, they sort of re-explore the same monsters in solo films. But in whichever one I saw, it's King Ghidorah versus Godzilla, Rodan, and Mothra. Yeah. So the fact that they're kind of taking that entire plot structure is pretty interesting. And I actually think the Godzilla versus King Kong movie is currently in the works. Oh yeah, that's going to be, I think that's going to be how they wrap it up. Which they is probably, which is why they're throwing, um all of the most iconic Godzilla monsters into one movie, I guess. It's like, well, we're not going to get to do another one unless we want to do Gigan at some point. Oh, okay, I see. And if they would do um, Jack Jackwire, right? That's also in Godzilla, right? Oh, yeah. Jack Jackwire, because if they would use that one, then it would just be Pacific Rim. Right. <laughs> and so I think they are aware that they actually can do that. Only if they bring the original song back with him. Oh, I see, I see. I've listened to the, um, you know, to uh, they released two tracks of a soundtrack composed by Bear McCreary in advance, and for the main title, it's this this rock song with this amazing choir and this singing voice, where it's like, oh no, there goes Tokyo, and all of that, <laughs> and it's just that that was one of the um, perfect blends of weird stupid and awesome where right. I was like well if this song plays over the end credits that would be uh, the the cherry on top then the Heck whole yeah. the whole movie could be terrible if that song actually plays over the main credits that would be the greatest thing ever <laughs> And then they bring back the weird techno remix of that Green Day song from the 1998 one. Oh god, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh please no. I was I was uh looking for like a Godzilla theme song like the other day and I came across that and I was like, "Oh yeah, this uh, this was bad even when it came out." <laughs> <laughs> oh god, no. Um but yeah, um going back to our topic, um so far the Disney remakes like I said have been immensely successful financially. What does that say about audiences and the current time of film we live in? Um, people keep coming back to this idea that there's so much you can watch and so much of it is like so easily acceptable that there's less incentive to take risks on going out to a theater to watch something, especially because it's so gosh dang exp expensive now. Yeah. So I think it might be... I mean, obviously, like the... People who are adults now, you know, millennials and Gen X, I think those are the first generations who 
are really shaped by a close personal relationship with the media they watched as kids. Part of that was because, in the West at least, deregulation with children's programming where you could, thanks to, you know, Ronald Reagan, you could straight up have a TV show that purely existed to sell toys. (laughs) And so now that those people are adults now and now they have kids, and I think that's where this market for, you know, just this constant stream of remakes really comes from is because those people can take, you know, it's, it's that old um, joke, like, you know, you will be me as a child again. People can kind of project their own childhoods onto their children. That's, I think that's partially where the market for all the remakes and um, reboots is coming from. Yeah. That's, that's certainly a good point, but it was all, I was always uh, looking at it from this point of view where I'm like, okay, you love this original movie. Um, you love it by all your heart. You probably own it on DVD. So you can just watch it anytime to refresh your nostalgia. So in, in my in my head, I was kind of like, why are they even shooting these remakes if they could just re-release the movies in theaters for a limited time, like they did with The Lion King in 3D uh, a few years ago. Oh, like, yeah. one, of, one of my brothers actually went to see that, and he said it was incredibly impressive watching that on the big screen. And they did the same thing with Titanic. They're doing this with Lord of the Rings every couple of years. So I'm like, why are you spending millions and millions of dollars remaking <laughs> something if you could basically just put the movie out in theaters again for free? <laughs> and you would just make you would you would maybe still make bank. You know, you many people would go see that on the big screen. I would go watch maybe like something like. Uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs or Beauty and the Beast or the Lion King on the big screen again and I would be proud to do it. I don't need an updated version. Just give me the original on the big screen. I would probably go watch it. Yeah, especially because like, again, you look at the uh, footage from the updated versions and it's just not as exciting to look at. Like, there's no motion to it. Yeah, and no emotion specifically because it's just you, you're taking a look at in the new um, trailer for Lion King, you're looking at Scar and you're like, yeah, that looks like a lion and nothing else. It just yeah. looks like a regular lion. Everything in that trailer just looks... It, it just has no character to it. Which also shows you the limitations because yeah, sure, you can make it realistic animals. You know what? Just go to Africa, uh, film animal <laughs> footage and then cut it together to Hans Zimmer music and it would basically be the same thing. Right, and I'm just thinking like, because the novelty of a fully CGI Lion King remake, I don't even know what that is anymore because I feel like we... I know CGI is in a... is They're only going to keep adding more pixels. It's only You're only going to like increase the potential of what you can do with it, but the idea of photorealistic hair that was made by a computer, we kind of achieved that in Advent Children. Absolutely. It's like, I don't even know what really the novelty and and again it goes back to you know now that they've hit the disney renaissance with these remakes there's not much that you can change apart from you know like like what is disney's five-year plan right now it's marvel movies and star wars and every year we're gonna address a cinema sins video with a feature-length film yeah yeah you, you got a good point there um it's it's just so 
I don't know. It just feels so because I uh, when they released the teaser trailer for Lion King, and I was like, they even get James Earl Jones back, and I'm I'm watching the new trailer where you actually hear his voice, and I'm like, that could just be original recording. Maybe if you yeah. didn't even bring him back in to redo the voice. <laughs> I don't I don't know. It could uh, it could be true? And they bring the same composer back. It's uh, the, the trailer's cut the exact same way. But they didn't get Jeremy Irons to voice Scar again. Yeah, because they what want the to make heck? it. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess they just want to because there are a lot of you know there are a lot of uh, African American actors now as for voices, and so fair. I'm like they are trying to I don't know make it more cultural appropriate in a way. But you know what, we got we already got a more cultural appropriate version of Lion King, and that was Black Panther. That's true. Fucking yeah. awesome. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are some similarities. So I'm kind of like, you know, uh, in a time where we have Black Panther, you know, actually winning also some Oscars and uh, making, uh, you know, over a billion dollars, uh, this this remake is even more pointless now. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. Who else they got? Because uh, I, I do like the cast they got. I mean, Billy Eichner and um, Seth Rogen as Timon and Pumbaa, that is a, that's a pretty solid choice. Yeah, yeah. No problem with that one. That one and I'm the- actually, yeah. And I love seeing Donald Glover get work anywhere. Like, after Community, I will follow that man off the end of the earth. Oh, sure. Yeah, Donald Glover. That one's cool. I think, um, uh, Churchill Ejiovor, I'm always mispronouncing his name, I think he's a part of a cast, too? Let's look that. Oh, I I just realized I have the entire internet in my pocket, and I can look it up. (laughs) Yeah, I think, it doesn't he play Scar? I'm pretty Uh, sure he... About to say if, if he's in there at all, it's probably a scar, and that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he 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 likes to play uh, villainous roles. He's he's pretty good at that. Did you see that supposedly they're? I I still don't know if this was a joke or not, but supposedly they're going to remake Lilo and Stitch next. Yes, yes, that's one of the things they announced. Which like, and I don't know if that image that was on the article was. Oh yeah, sorry. Chutel Edge Four is playing Scar. Uh, yeah. Anyway, putting my phone away. Um. <laughs> I, the image of Stitch I saw in that, I don't know if that was official or if that was someone's weird DeviantArt post that just got appropriated for it, but... I am I am 100% sure of it was just something they uh, picked from DeviantArt and put okay, it there. Hopefully. Because it's, it's way too early for actual conceptual uh, paintings now. It's way too freaking scary looking. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, he's supposed to look kind of scary and ugly, but it's... It, that also, that's also one of the things because Lilo and Stitch is actually one of my favorite Disney movies. I uh, like it a lot as, as a comedy as well as a drama. It perfectly balances everything. And it's just, it's such a weird and perfect mixture of uh, tones and influences. Like it, setting it in Hawaii, um, uh, this weird alien stuff, the music, the, the themes of family, and the really realistic character interactions. It just, it's the perfect blend of so many things. And so I'm like, they're never going to reproduce the specific magic. Yeah. I mean, on the bright side, it'll give, it'll, it'll give some Asian American actors work. But <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, but you can always see some kind of bright side uh, mm-hmm. on, uh, on these things. But I'm like, you know what? Just cast them in original movies. Just uh, or, or in something else than just a remake of, of, of something, um, you know, that's just a couple of years old. Oh, yeah. Well, if it's an original movie, then you have to get Emma Stone in there and just say she's half Hawaiian, and that's what everybody really wants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a... Uh, um, ten bonus points, dear listeners, if you got that joke. <laughs> <laughs> 
because I think actually nobody went to see that movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, but the the but they have to get Emma Stone in there, or, or else no one's going to see the movie. Oh wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh boy. Um, no, but um, Disney announced several other remakes: um, The Little Mermaid, uh, I think Hunchback of Notre Dame, Lady and the Tramp, and Mulan. Among them, the latter two mm-hmm. are actually in production right now. Uh, what do you expect them to change or handle certain things? I did see, I think there was that casting call going around for Mulan where they were, I don't think the character's named uh, Shang anymore, but the modern, like the newer version of Shang is going to be very different. And people are, people are apprehensive because it looks like the relationship is going to be less built on two people who learn to respect each other. And then by the way, it turns out she was a woman the whole time. It's, I, I guess Shang is going to be a little bit more of an a-hole, which I'm not entirely looking forward to. Yeah, make it more obvious, you know, I guess, yeah. because they think modern audiences are stupid. Yeah, and um, Hunchback, what, what's interesting is that I recently, re- after they announced that was happening, I recently rewatched Lindsay Ellis's whole video just about the history of Hunchback adaptations. Yeah. And it's always weird when Hunchback comes back around, because whenever there's another version of Hunchback, it's illustrative of what Victor Hugo was writing the initial book about. It was just the idea of new forms of art supplanting older ones. Because, <laughs> so, you know, his his whole fear was that the novel was going to replace architecture, which it did. Then film replaced the novel. And now Disney film is replacing film. And also kind of video games are replacing films in terms of narrative and uh, technical efforts. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, um... Yeah, in terms of what they're going to change, I mean, I, I hope they tone down those gargoyles if they're going to be back. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. those gargoyles. I can, I can just see, um, um, like, Jack Black as one of the gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Quasimodo? You going to get the girl now? Dip it, dip it, dip it. I'm there for a Jack Black gargoyle, actually. I, I'd totally be down for that. <laughs> Skadoosh. <laughs> Skadoosh. Um, but it actually would be... I think there is room for the Hunchback remake that they could, because, you know, obviously the gargoyles were there because the subject matter of that movie is so gosh dang dark, yet they wanted to cut the tension with something. Mm-hmm. It it just went too far and it became total yeah. dissonance. But, you know, now that we've had pirates and, um, you know, Tron and John Carter, even though John Carter didn't do very well, actually neither did Tron Legacy, yeah. But Disney's image doesn't have to be so squeaky clean anymore, so there might be room for the Hunchback remake to be unapologetically... They're not going to go full dark, because it's still going to be... I don't e- I don't even know if it'll be a PG-13. It might be, but... You know, they, they could lean a little bit harder into a more appropriate tone for that movie, which would be... Which I think would actually... If they can pull it off well, then I that'd be great. Yeah, um, it, it's really weird how, in terms of live-action movies, how Disney has kind of changed. Um, like, um, especially Pirates 3 and Lone Ranger. I'm surprised if that if those weren't Disney movies, those would be R. Oh, right? Like, gosh dang Lone Ranger, I forget. Like, the scene where the guy cuts the other guy's heart out. Yeah, yeah, and you and see it. it. Uh, yeah, it eats it. You see it mirrored in his uh, in his eye. You get the whole um, Native American tribe being slaughtered by Gatling right? guns. Oh my gosh! Uh, so much. You, you have, you have oh. this weird. Um, you have this weird uh, brothel scene. 
Um, and also in, in, in Pirates of the Caribbean, you see a, a woman get shot in the head point blank with blood splatters. You see a guy oh, yeah. and his, his brain gets like um, a squ squashed by tentacles from the inside out. Yeah. Oh, man. Do, uh, did you ever see Pan? Yes, I did. God, just like, this is the worst transition ever, but speaking of Native American genocide, just... <laughs> we're gonna... We're going to infiltrate the Native camp, and we're gonna slaughter them. By the way, they're just gonna evaporate into puffs of colorful smoke, because that... <laughs> that doesn't undermine what's happening at all. That kind of, that kind of shows you what the um, filmmakers were smoking. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Because Throwing because it. it's just there's so yeah there's so much weird stuff going on in that movie. As soon as they start singing um, Nirvana, Nirvana, I was like, what kind of movie am I even in? <laughs> that I kind of thought was awesome. I it's it's if, awesome, it, it's awesome like, on its own. In context, it's weird. It's absolutely weird. And then they're doing Blitzkrieg Bop. Yeah, yeah. But both of these renditions, they are pretty awesome. I listen, I'm listening to those uh, like countless times. They are, they are actually pr pretty cool reinterpretations. It had that kind of weird Moulin Rouge energy, and I was I was pretty into it. Then they decided to, I don't know, make Hook a young sexy cowboy for some reason. <laughs> I kind of I kind of ducked that decision because I actually kind of liked uh, Garrett Hedlund's performance. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like, I lied. I do that sometimes, boy. <laughs> The name's Hook. I got both my hands. <laughs> also, also, where how they are calling, um, you know, Peter the Chosen One. Oh, and his, yeah. and his and his mother's name is Mary. Oh, wink. Uh, oh gosh, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that immediately. <laughs> and white tiger lily. Let's get more of yeah. that. <laughs> white sexy tiger lily. And in, in the in the end, in the end, we are flying away with a ship. Like we are gonna stay best friends. So yeah, what's gonna happen? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, because no one's gonna go see this train wreck. Oh boy, did you, did you actually know that script was like on the blacklist of favorite scripts that just weren't produced for a couple of years? Really. Yeah, and it's uh, the writer Jason Fuchs. Um, he he also wrote Ice Age Four. Huh. It's just, and he also he co-wrote Wonder Woman. Huh. I'm yeah, wondering. I, it, it might have looked better on paper, and you know, I mean, because again, on paper, Tiger Lily probably wasn't white. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, you write a script, and then people come in and they do a movie, and it's gonna turn out a little bit different. <laughs> Oh boy, yeah, but that that one is that one was weird. Speaking of remakes and all of that, but yeah, yeah um, uh, all of the remakes uh, that were announced. I mean, Little Mermaid uh, for for a while uh, there was talk about uh, you know uh, Sanjaya, um, uh, you know playing the main role in the Little Mermaid, and they actually announced that it's not confirmed, but sh now she's interested in it. Um, but I and Lady in the Tramp, they released just this photo, which is just you know two dogs sitting next to each other in this weird <laughs> it was weirdly um color corrected picture and i'm like what's even the what's even the point of doing lady in the tramp you, you can put them next to some real people legs i guess yeah I, but, I, I don't think we see any humans from the waist up in that do we yeah yeah that's a great stylistic choice they do but it's like and i mean i i have you know i have good memories of that movie it's it's a fine little film but it's not something where like why even do a remake how could you make that story more elaborate or awesome or updated or anything? It seems like they're doing it in the same time period, so I really don't, I really don't get what, what, what merits a remake. Yeah, like that. That's one that 
you're not really going to get anything from that you couldn't get from dog Instagram. I mean, I could I could just put peanut butter on one dog's nose and then put another dog in the room and they'll just start smooching and that'll be adorable and that's all I need. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like I, I I I that sounds like I'm just going to like abduct someone's dog, shoot my weird <laughs> shoot my weird video and then let him back into the wild gosh dang this that went off i'm sorry for no no but but true (laughs) but you could actually but you you could actually theoretically do that and it wouldn't be that much different but it's just who even says oh lady in the trap is one of my favorite disney movies i actually don't think it's uh and they uh if they actually redo it they won't do the racist cast i'll say they're gonna it's gonna be way less racist if they do that like they'll still have uh Hey, look, it's a pango, a baba da beachy. I'm a bringing you a bigger pizza. They'll they'll probably tone that guy down too a bit. Yeah, but that's so funny because we've actually already seen a live action version of that scene in the restaurant. They did it in uh, Hot Shots Part 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. And at the same time, you can see uh, one of the scenes of The Godfather in the background. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's just... I don't know. I think I think I think they're um, counting on the novelty of just seeing these characters, these stories, and hearing these songs in live action in a weird way. But in in case of the Lion King, it's not live action. It's just a new type of animation. Yeah, it's and, just it's just dinosaur, yeah. but with mammals. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. And um, yeah, about Hunchback, because I have uh, some funny things. I did a Twitter thread about the bad ideas I have for Hunchback. I had for Hunchback (laughs) if I was a Hollywood executive. Like, these are the things I actually predict. I predict them doing in the Hunchback remake. First off, they will give Rollo a tragic, sympathetic backstory. Uh... Mm -hmm. And they will tone down the sexual aspect in Frollo's desire for Esmeralda to the point of it being non-existent. So he's just racist. A racist or just, you know, a generic bad guy. Yeah. They will cut out Hellfire. Really hope they don't do that. <laughs> they will. They will. Um, Quasimodo will be a motion capture character because oh, most film ma- because most filmmakers are too lazy for makeup and prosthetics nowadays. Uh, the 1939 version had great makeup, so if they do that, that's really pointless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they will absolutely do that like i mean they they considered doing the beast you know with prosthetics and then they changed it last minute so um they are totally gonna do that (laughs) they won't say the word gypsies in the film they might even change the ethnic group entirely Hmm. which is i mean that's actually one of the key parts of the story but maybe they will change it up in a way where it's I don't know something else. <laughs> like I'm like, what's a, if they're keeping it the same era? What's even another in that context? What's another appropriately oppressed like ethnic group? That's a, that's a weird way to phrase that. I know, I know, but but, but, but I know exactly what you mean. I actually yeah. don't know. I don't know what they will do with that. Um, but maybe maybe that's one they won't really change. They just won't say the word, and they they are just oh they these. Romani people, but they won't say Romani. They will just not say their name. And they will say, oh, the... Outsiders. The, the outsiders, the foreign artists, whatever. Mm-hmm. Thieves, blah, blah, blah. And also, they might cut all of the religious stuff entirely. Yeah, that's... It's so weird because I can... I wouldn't be surprised if Disney... Disney has sanitized stuff before, and part of what makes Hunchback so remarkable, despite its flaws, is that 
they were so unabashed in the subject matter they were covering. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're pointing out some of the stuff in terms of religion, and they, they're pretty daring in that film. Like, watching yeah. it today, because as a kid, you're not going to pick up on that, but watching it as an adult, you're like, mm-hmm. Jesus, they got away with a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> let her taste the fires of hell, or else let her be mine or mine alone. Yeah, and how he sniffs her hair, and all yeah. the, uh, you know, the, the religious themes and topics, and how he murders the uh, murders the mother and and all of it i mean they made him uh, i mean in the original he is a priest and they they made him you know this this judge and a all judge, of it so yeah. that's that's fine St- something like that is fine if the message is still coming across and it does mm-hmm. but yeah that's and also uh, because of most recent events i didn't put it on my thread because that was way earlier but they even might do kind of like uh, at the beginning or at the end a memorial for the real notre dame yeah, I was. I, I had to go back and check. Like, when was the announcement made, and when did the fire happen? I guess it was announced back in January. So, yeah, this wasn't. What, what What's interesting is that because like the the whole reason the book was written was that Victor Hugo wanted to bring more attention back to the building. So mm-hmm. I I thought that maybe that's why Disney chose to do it. It turns out it was announced already. But um, now that could have that could have the uh, the effect. Like, because the whole the cathedral the cathedral is still there. We've just lost. You know significant parts of it so this could you know just bring some more attention to it so that'll be cool exactly absolutely um because in in the original hunchback of notre dame it has it might have some of the most amazing awesome scenes of any disney movie in terms of the music when quasimodo swings down you know and rescues her those cgi crowds it's just Mm -hmm. it's one of the hugest looking disney movies i think ever it's amazing how they did that oh totally um and it's funny because you know that's them using cgi to great effect to do stuff that hadn't been done before now it's all been done yeah, yeah, that's as the true, band but, said. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 still so uh, revolutionary, and um, you can it, it holds up great. Like it's it's great how many uh, shots they do with that. I I love the songs. You know, it's it just yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty cool thing. I actually got you know as a kid, I listened to the soundtrack a lot. I listened to the musical version. I just loved the score so much. Um, but yeah. Um, I, this is this isn't uh, a podcast about us uh, just gushing about how <laughs> great Hunchback is, um, but yeah, I guess you agree with my points about them changing those things. Yeah, well, I am wondering now. It's like, what's because a lot of these remakes they're very cynically motivated. What's the more cynical move to change nothing, or to change everything to make it more quote unquote palatable to modern audiences? Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's because the like you because like Hellfire is like super intense, so I could see I could see someone thinking maybe we should cut out this song about you know this guy this 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 super rapey dude, um, but at the same time that's the most recognizable song from the movie because nobody remembered apart from the line up where they rhyme Adonis with croissant is. <laughs> There's, there aren't many other like s- bits from the Hunchback soundtrack that really stick with me, at least not better than Hellfire. Well, the, the, the Notre Dame song, you know, Th- the, that's the, true. The, the, the intro song and the, I think it's 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 not 
it's not that catchy anymore, but back then I actually remember humming, you know, the the the, the crazies song, you know, the, about mm-hmm. the yeah, this is the, the this is the, the day of the fools or, or whatever it was called. The, the um, festival, the festival yeah. of fools or whatever. Yeah, yeah, festival of fools. Thank you. Um, but but there, there are some catchy songs. But I actually like the kind of like the evil gypsy song when they get get down there and they they get captured and they say, mm-hmm. hey, actually in reality, it's uh, we we are kind of seedy, which is also a weird message in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, like let's have our main, you know, Romani character be like like pushing this whole like social justice um narrative. Oh my gosh, I said those words together and now I sound like a like a gosh dang infowars weirdo. Are <laughs> 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 you pushing the social ju- <laughs> I don't like him putting stuff in the cement making the gargoyles gay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, what I, I meant, like, you know, because, again, like, Esmeralda's whole story in that, it's all about, you know, like, the themes of, of of justice for the oppressed and everything. But then you have this song, like, oh, but let's just validate the villain's point of view real quick. Yeah. Because there's actually, both sides to this argument. <laughs> yeah, they have all that, that, that stolen shit down there. And it's just, like, it's, and, and, and they reveal, oh, actually, the blind ones, they aren't really blind. And the... The ones who can't walk, they can walk, and we all have weapons, and it's like, yeah. it's 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 such a weird juxtaposition. Yeah, and especially because, you know, I think it's the 1939 version that Disney borrowed from most heavily, and there's even the scene where Esmeralda says, it's like, I've had gypsies or a bunch of thieves. No, sir, we only steal because we're hungry. Like, like, yeah, we're disenfranchised, and that's why, like, you know, when you put someone on the fringes of society, they have to resort to things like that often. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's still stealing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, weird a uh, weird thing uh we are getting in so many weird topics now yeah it's I, I keep accidentally channeling gosh dang a-holes <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but no no that was that was totally uh amazing very very good point um so some some of the things um they uh, i was thinking about some uh, bad choices they could make with certain remakes they might do Brava Bear, even though Alejandro Iñárritu already did it a few years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, it was called The Revenant. Oh. <laughs> I totally wasn't picking up on that, so. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. But I was kind of like, wouldn't it be awesome if, like, the Brava Bear remake ends where The Revenant kind of begins? <laughs> just like, it's it's just, it's the Disney movie through and through, and then at the end, Leo shows up, and then it just in- insert shots from Revenant. Yes, then he gets raped by a bear. Is that what happens? Kind of. I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's implied, but I mean, it's a oh, female Lord. bear. It's a, a few people were were making jokes about. It. I mean, he he basically the, the bear does everything to him but rape him. <laughs> yeah, and then he finally got his Oscar, and now he can stop doing. Now he can stop trying to kill himself on camera. Yeah, that's true. I was actually really hoping after he got his Oscar. Now can he please do something just, light just, and and just fluffy chill and out, funny? Leo. You're okay. You don't have to yeah. do these things anymore. I mean, uh, uh, as far as I could tell from the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood trailer, maybe that's one where he he's not that intense, and maybe that's the one where he kind of has fun. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't seen that. I still need to check that trailer out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's promising. Maybe that will be one of the Tarantino movies that doesn't end in sudden bursts of violence. He's He's been doing it for the last couple of years now. It, it's starting mm-hmm. to get a little predictable. Yeah. I would like to see him go back to uh, one of, some of the more um, serious and understated stuff, and maybe that's the chance. Yeah, could be. 
That would be actually really cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, some other things. Uh, when Disney is stupid, they will do Tarzan. Stupid because nobody's interested in Tarzan anymore, as the recent flop Legend of Tarzan has shown. Right. Um, yeah, I think Tarzan, Sword in the Stone, and Robin Hood, we, we won't be, if those are ever going to happen, it won't be until they're like really out of ideas. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, that it, it has shown that those uh, public domain characters and stories really aren't popular with audiences anymore. And maybe it's also a fault of you know trailers not selling the movie very well. Yeah. But um, it's it's yeah, it's it's kind of like it's it's this weird trend where certain things that were bankable in the past are flopping now. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly would not. I mean, I don't know. Treasure Planet's my favorite Disney movie. I think they could do something cool with that, but I mean, there's a reason it didn't do well the first time, regardless of like if the movie's good or not. Like that was just kind of it was, it was it was marketed poorly. Also, Treasure Island, but in space, it's kind of a weird thing to market. Yeah, and that's a, uh, I I've seen a very cool review where he said that he has a theory that Disney actually wanted that movie to fail. Oh, is that Bread Sword? Yeah, I, yeah, that was the one. Uh, I, I I haven't seen that one, but um, it's so funny because when he put that review out, my and that thing blew up. My review was in the recommended videos, okay. so so he does a video where essentially there's 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 sort of um there's a complex with Treasure Planet fans because again, like the more obscure, the more you love something, and the more obscure it is, the more you love it. Like it feeds itself. And in Breadsword's video, you know, he lays out his ideas that, you know, essentially Disney sends Treasure Planet out to die. And fresh off of that, all these Treasure Planet fans are coming to my review where I'm saying, yeah, you know, Aaron's space is kind of weird. So (laughs) my views blew up. I made like 200 bucks in ad revenue that month, but so many death threats. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a it, that one I love a lot. Like at uh, um, mm-hmm. Treasure Planet, is, it's a, it's a great movie. I love the music. I love the art style. It's 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 quite a amazing, daring thing. And you can see that. I mean, Lindsay Ellis was talking about that one as well in the way that that's the one the directors always wanted to make, Clemens mm-hmm. and Musker, and they got pushed back to make all these other movies. Mm-hmm. And um, you can see the passion, and you can see how uh, incredibly. Um, incredibly technology uh, you know how they are pushing the technology and then yeah then uh, when Brad saw it said like oh they are we're sending it out to die and and all of that I actually think those points kind of made sense mm-hmm. especially releasing it next to the, the first Harry Potter movie yeah, that's true oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean it, it, it got nominated for an Oscar and all of that and it's a, it's a great score great voice cast I I like so many things about the movie, but I was at the point where I was seeing it. I was big fans of the original story, um, and I I was curious about to see um, what this kind of um, adaptation would do with it. And I was kind of disappointed that they left some of my favorite parts out. But I think they condensed it pretty well in a way that made sense for um, the setting. Yeah, I still haven't read the original book. I've I, I said in my review, I I had most of uh, most of my experience was with Muppet Treasure Island. So yeah, yeah, that's Tre- true. Muppet, yeah, <laughs> that one's great. Um, but yeah, Treasure Planet hits most of the same notes. The biggest difference is just that they make a uh, Silver way more sympathetic. Yeah, that's true. And in in the book, he's not all that sympathetic either. Mm. And he just he he leaves with part of a treasure, and he never hears from him again. Yeah, well, I mean, it's and, wild uh, to like to watch Muppet Treasure Island again too, because like y- you look at. Tim Curry is amazing. Like, that's not a controversial statement at all. Love that man to the to the end of the earth. But 
um you you watch um especially because there's like that is such an abuse narrative though the way he manipulates jim it's so crazy and, and again because now there's way more of a conversation about those kind of relationships now so you just watch and you're like oh yeah you're gonna hold a gun on this kid and still tell him not to hurt you <laughs> you yeah piece of yeah but, <laughs> that, that, yeah that's true but yeah oh my my, my god tim carrey is so great so up lads this is my only number <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, big big fat ugly uh oh, child yeah. eating big O'Brien. ugly faced baby eating o'brien hi <laughs> 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 sweetums <laughs> um, uh, oh my so, god Sorry, I'm just go- going back to, like, the worst uh, remakes Disney could do. I'm looking at a list of animated films, and I'm like, oh, Hercules. No, we just had, like, a lousy Hercules reboot, like, three years ago. And also, like, a one that was okay, but nobody saw. But Yeah, the, the Dwayne Johnson one, I just uh, rewatched it recently. I think that one was actually really good. Yeah, I heard there was some interesting stuff there. I still need to watch it. It um, is, it is. Like, if the, the funny thing is, the trailer only shows you, like, the first three minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> They to- they go in a totally different direction, and it's uh it's it's an amazing film in terms of uh, cinematography, music, and the action. Like it's it's a PG thirteen movie. It's one of the most violent PG thirteen movies I've ever seen. It's amazing okay. how much blood splatter there is and and all of that. It's 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 a very very fun ride. Uh, I would uh, it was actually because I'm a I'm a live action role player myself. Oh, cool. and I watched that one and I was like, oh boy, this is like this is kind of like. A LARPer movie in a way because the way the way the they are characterized and the plot and all of that it kind of reminded me of uh, some scenarios and I was like oh oh this is this is great I had a lot of fun with that movie hmm. yeah um, but yeah uh, Hercules they won't do Hercules because Hercules also has been kind of uh, done to death uh, in, yeah. in recent years you're true uh, you're right um, oh if, if uh, Disney is even stupider they will do Pocahontas. Oh, they probably will. I'm, I'm really, I'm not sure they will because they will look. If if Disney actually will do Pocahontas, they just show that they haven't seen Avatar. Yep. <laughs> because that's Poca, that's that's an updated version of Pocahontas, plain yeah. and simple. And it's it's also kind of like <laughs> kind of a better movie than the Disney Pocahontas because that's the one where it, they started to fall down. That's the one yeah. where the renaissance started to uh, crack and mm-hmm. it's yeah i mean lindsay ellis also did this uh, this great video where where she compared it to moana where it's uh like oh moana's actually the better pocahontas in a way yeah um but yeah that's that's all they they needed to say uh about that so yeah moana's actually the remake of pocahontas they did it and i think i heard they're doing a cruella movie which like yes they already did a live action 101 dalmatians so we're at a point at like most of i'm looking I'm, I'm just looking at this list of all the disney animated features and anything they haven't remade yet someone already has because we got a hercules movie um somebody uh what was it um i was just looking at it and it's disappeared on me there have been like three snow white remakes in the past 10 years yeah that's true you got the snow white and the huntsman you got actually the one made by disney the, the tarsum one that was um mirror mirror which was terrible by the oh, way oh yeah which which ends with a dance with a song number out of nowhere <laughs> yeah the, the, the bollywood number and it's just uh horrendously unfunny and and the style doesn't work it's it's awful yeah like but be, like before you get to the seat when disney went full cgi they've uh 
you've got a bunch of movies that nobody remembers, and, like, I, I think that's probably why they had to go with Lady and the Tramp. It's like, well, we gotta keep this live-action remake train going, but, uh, everything's already taken unless we want to do Black Cauldron anytime soon. Yeah, and also, and also Talking Dogs are popular now, again. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, Black Cauldron, that was the one um, I, I also wanted to talk about, because, um, what Disney films would you actually like to see remade? Because on my list, one of my choices would be The Black Cauldron. It's, it's, you know, the original movie isn't, is just isn't very good, period. So there's a chance to go back to the books and make the whole thing way better. Yeah, um, I, I would definitely say that because, and also part of why that one kind of flopped back in the day, one, not very good, two, I don't think anybody wanted that from Disney at the time and they had to tone down so much of what they were planning on doing with it. But yeah. um, Dark Fantasy is back and, well, no, Dark Fantasy was king in the 80s, but, um, you know, after Lord of the Rings and, I mean, they wanted their own Lord of the Rings with Alice, clearly, so if they actually have an IP that already is that instead of having to be retrofitted into that, they could definitely... I could see Black Cauldron being real good. Um, yeah, yeah, because um, back then, I mean, it's clearly influenced by the uh, success of Conan and all of that. Yeah. And uh, nowadays, uh, you could actually go back and uh, and look at the stories again. I, I, I'm i not familiar with the stories, but, I've, but I think the author said something about, like, yeah, this is, this is, this is a fun film, but it's really not my story. You know, <laughs> there are just some elements of it. And... Um, it's uh, because uh, that's that's a, that's I think one of the justifications of remakes is just take something that didn't work originally and try to make it better. Uh, absolutely. Um, what is funny is I haven't read the Chronicles of Perdane except the first couple pages, and uh, it's funny because Taryn is such a little snot right off the bat, so. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh man, it's like Simba, but worse. So I guess they got that right in the movie. <laughs> that is true, yeah. That's one of those things where it's like, okay, how do you... If the whole character's arc is starting off like an insufferable pissant, then becoming less of that, how do you do that without the audience checking out? <laughs> yeah, as a kid, I really dug that movie for some reason. We watched it a whole lot of times on video because so I was I was drawn in by the dark stuff. I loved the Horn King and all of that. Oh, absolutely. And Gurgi, everybody loves Gurgi. <laughs> Nobody loves for some Gurgi. reason. Nobody loves I, Gurgi. I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind him as a kid, but I was a stupid kid, like I said. Oh, I loved Jar Jar when I first saw episode one. Yeah, I also found him funny as a kid. Yeah. That's that's the point. Yep. Um, <laughs> he, ex- he exists to make children happy. Yeah. Uh, and, and in the spirit of like revisiting an idea and maybe doing it better, um, I think they could maybe make Atlantis work. Yeah, that's also on my list. Yeah. Atlantis um, is a very fun film, uh, yeah. but uh, a live-action remake might work if they hire good people to expand on what's already there. Yeah, um, the one thing is that, I mean, it would be such... I mean, obviously, he he was already too old for the role in live-action when the movie was made, but uh, it would not be the same without Michael J. Fox there. But again, I, I know he's limited now, and even then, back in the day, um, he was... Even if not for um, you know his physical limitations, I he was probably too old to play Milo Thatch if it were a live action movie. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Who could? Uh, it, it's all, it's always funny, like when you when you kind of uh, do the math and say like, who would be a good choice to play this character and that character? You know, they would probably get somebody like Benedict Cumberbatch for Frollo or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's uh, let's get Shia LaBeouf for Quasimodo. Uh... <laughs> <That's>, uh... <clears throat> they don't even need CGI in that case. Let's get Catherine Zeta-Jones as Esmeralda. I don't know what I'm saying. Oh, boy. Oh, that, that, would, that, that would be an interesting choice. <laughs> I don't, is she even, like, like is, is she even, does she work much anymore? 
No, no I, th I think one of the last things I heard she was in was the Dead's Army movie that Film Brain reviewed a couple of years ago for Projector. Hmm. Um, so it's, um, I think that was one of the last roles in a, in a bigger movie she had. But I, I, I don't really know. Maybe she's she's working just fine and I just haven't seen anything with right. her. Or, I mean, like, you know, she was she was at it for long enough that she can probably just, you know, just chill. She's probably made enough that she can retire whenever she wants to. Oh, sure, sure, absolutely. Um, but yeah, um, Atlantis, uh, that one would be um, an interesting choice. And funny, funny enough, with Treasure Planet Atlantis, we reviewed uh, both of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, but that's, um, yeah, at Atlantis, that was... Uh, also, I, I loved uh, in your Atlantis review when you're like, let's play the game Spot for Red Shirts. Oh, yeah, that movie has such a high body count. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, that yeah. And Mu I think that and Mulan are probably tied for, like, most... I mean, does does burying Huns in the Snow count as on-screen deaths? Um... Yeah, because I mean, there's this whole army, and they don't show up again, so they're That's all true. dead, save for like five of them. Yeah, but I think, but I think the Atlantis is more violent and blatant when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, well, a guy literally says, "We're getting killed out here," then his submarine explodes. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just like in in, in Star Wars, Porkins, we got a problem here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I was gonna say like, I'm like, oh yeah, get Zendaya to play Kia. Wait, no, Zendaya is probably already gonna be playing Ariel, so she's not gonna be Kia too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in the, except if they go for a weird uh, crossover uh, shared universe thing. Oh, yeah. In that case. Yo, <laughs> but, yeah, here's, but, uh, here's my theory that uh, Hercules and Ariel are cousins, but uh, Tarzan's parents were actually on their way to the wedding in Tangled. And... Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh, gosh, and and yeah. also, um, if Every... the, the parents of, um, of, of um, Elsa mm -hmm. and, um, you know, in Frozen, they're also the parents of Tarzan and all of yeah. that. <laughs> the lore is too deep. The lore is too deep. The Disney lore was also the Pixar lore, where it all takes place in the same universe. You oh, know, the, the, the humans leave the planet, and then uh, cars, cars happen, and after and after cars, then uh, that's when Wally takes place. Oh gosh! Sometimes it's just a movie, guys. Yes, yes, indeed. But it's you no. Know, sometimes it can be fun. Oh, it totally but, can uh, be. It's it's when you get into stuff like you know. Oh, then Boo travels back in time, then grows up to be the witch from Brave, and that's why Sully is on her wall. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's okay just to do a stupid in joke, people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but there hasn't there there doesn't have to be a deeper meaning. I mean, um, in in both in Aquaman and in Shazam, you can actually see the Annabelle doll because. Really? Yeah, both both of the directors worked on the uh, Annabelle movies. That's you know, you right. James Wan, Conjuring, and Aquaman, and then David F. Sandberg. He did one of the Annabelle movies, and you can see uh, the doll. I didn't watch. Uh, I didn't see the puppet, the, the dolls, but uh, people told me where it is, and so um, uh, people say like, "Oh, it's taking place in the same universe." Blah blah blah. <laughs> it's <sighs> just yeah, it's it's dumb. Yeah. Um, but no. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we I was I was going to uh, bring up Treasure Planet in terms of remake, but we already covered that, mm -hmm. if they actually would like to do a remake. But I actually think maybe not a remake of that movie, they might just return to that book and do a different version of it. That could be cool, because, I mean, I think Disney did, um like, they're the ones who did, like, the original live-action uh, Treasure Island, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, I actually watched that one as a kid, and they, they, rent, uh, they reference it in the making-off of uh, Treasure Planet, so, yeah. 
And also, a Muppet Treasure Island was also Disney, so they've done it a bunch of times. Yeah. Remake Muppet Treasure Island. That's how we bring the Muppets back. We start remaking all the Muppet movies. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> God, why? With CGI. That would be so stupid. Yeah, exactly. Do the Muppet CGI now. It would I mean, be it would I'm, be absolutely terrible. I mean, Muppet Baby is um, a CGI now, so it's actually... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I saw that. Um, so which of the announced remakes are you actually interested in? Because I'm kind of looking forward to Mulan. That has the potential in telling the story in another interesting way. I like the Disney animated film a lot. It's one of the first cinematic experiences I can remember. But the remake can be good as well mm-hmm. I, oh I, I hear what you're saying on mulan I, I i was at work just looking for something to listen to like i i put on netflix as my background noise at work and i'm listening to mulan and just listening to it i started tearing up so i think <laughs> i think that that movie resonates me with me way more than um i remember it as a kid but uh i I always want to assume a movie will be good so if Mul- I, I hope mulan's good because I, I i love um a good live-action Mulan. I think Hunchback will be interesting. Um, I'm not... Like, there's a, a lot of... Like like your list you put out, there's a lot of ways that it could go squicky, but if they just leaned harder into it and maybe went for that PG-13 rating, I, I could see Hunchback being pretty cool. Yeah, that's true. I mean, any movie has the potential of uh, being somewhat better, and there are certainly things uh, to correct uh, in the original, um, where it's like, you know, stuff like the Gargoyles, where it's like, yeah, tone it down or just lose it entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, because, of course, he needs something to talk to, and he needs, and they need something to, um, you know, to, to give us some... Uh, uh, something to, to laugh about, because the, the, the whole other parts are dark. But... Um, yeah, there's, there's potential of uh, redoing something and making it better, but yeah, but still, you um, but they will again bring El Menken back, and then you just would hear the songs in different versions, different orchestrations, and it's and also like with uh, yeah with Lion King bringing Hans Zimmer back again with his iconic score, and it's kind of like if if it's not gonna be all that different, what's even the point? Oh yeah, absolutely. It just looks like, you know, it's basically that, that whole thing when uh, Psycho was remade by Gus Van Sant. Oh, the shot-for-shot shot remake. They have a shot-for-shot shot remake, and he actually said that that was his intention because they, they asked him, why would you remake Psycho? And he said, so nobody else can. And it's... <laughs> yeah, because that, that was the that story. He made those weird indie films, and then he had some clout because of uh, Goodwill Hunting. And they said, kind of like, hey, whatever you want to do next. And he said, yeah, the Psycho remake. And I think uh, the remake was supposed to be his statement about the um, the stupidity of remakes. To, to show uh, in a weird experiment, yeah, this would happen if we miscast all the roles and stuff like that. <laughs> so he literally bought the red car so he could dismantle it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gus it, Van Zandt is Judge Doom. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. It was his statement about um, how pointless and stupid remakes are and sequels and all of that. And then to show, uh, also like uh, as an experiment to show if you film a movie the exact same way, it's not going to work as well as the original. That's really funny. And ballsy. Yeah, but some people say, oh, that's just a a stupid excuse and I hate it, blah, blah, blah. But I actually think Gus Van Sant is this kind of weird guy where I say, I buy it. I totally buy that. That's a more that's a more interesting story than it was just a bad movie. Like that's one where I'm totally it, yeah I, I'm gonna take him at his word on that. Yeah, because he's he's smarter than just 
doing that and actually having faith in the project yeah. and casting <laughs> Vince Vaughn in a role like that. He's smarter than that. Oh, hey, uh, what's up? My name's... Uh, I was trying to do a Vince Vaughn, but I uh, I can't. I, just, I wound up sounding like Ninja Brian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what does even Vince Vaughn sound like? Oh, it's... Uh... I don't know. I, I I'm not that good at impersonating oh, him. Oh, oh, it's it's more like in his. It's not even how his voice sounds. It's just the way he talks. Like, oh, what's up, Owen Wilson? Oh, we're gonna crash this wedding. Oh, yeah, let's do. I I can't oh, even wha- do. It sounds oh, terrible. Wow. Oh wow! Wow! <laughs> yeah, Owen Wilson. On the other hand, he's easy to impersonate. Yeah, that's, yeah. D- d- don't take much for Owen Wilson. <laughs> um. So um. Yes. Yeah, so any any other offer uh, um of of remakes you would like to see or looking forward to because yeah they announced that Cruella movie I actually think speaking of Emma Stone she's gonna play the lead as far as I know huh so are they I'm wondering if this is gonna be like her as a well I mean not as a kid because Emma Stone's like I think she's like 30 now but um maybe it's, Cru- it's Cruella before she was Cruella I, I don't think they're gonna full Maleficent it like I don't think it's gonna be like her sympathetic backstory necessarily or actually probably I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do a maleficent thing. I'm uh, sure. Uh, that's so, and especially because again, they already did. A, it's like, and next we're gonna do our Captain Hook prequel. They already did a live action remake in the early 2000s of Peter Pan. I, so I don't know. Yeah, but that one actually was really good. You know, oh, pretty oh, exactly. Cl- yeah, pretty close to the book and all of that. I liked that movie a lot. I actually went to see it in the theater three times for two reasons. One of the reasons was because it was a really good movie, and the other reason was because the Harry Potter free trailer played in front of it. Oh man, back when that's right before YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so that was I. I wanted to see the trailer again and again, but also I was really fond of the movie. So uh, I, both uh, bonus points. Cool. If nothing else, I guess that's that we can take solace in the fact that Pan flopped. Disney already did a good live-action remake, so maybe we can trust they'll leave Peter Pan alone for a while, if if not altogether. Oh, but but, but the live-action Peter Pan remake that wasn't Disney. I think that was um, 20th Century Fox. It was some other studio. Oh no, exactly. But I, I just meant like because you know again they're it, they're not going to touch Peter Pan after Pan. Same reason they're not going to touch Hercules or you know Sword in the Stone for a while. Yeah, and also Once Upon a Time does very Peter Pan stuff, so um, mm-hmm. it's it's just a too yeah it, it has been redone too much uh, recently. Yeah. Uh, Home on the Range. Let's get a remake of Home on the Range. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was worrying that you would bring that one. Up. That that that'll be Roseanne's big comeback. <laughs> uh, her her second comeback, and then she's gonna screw it up again. Yeah, then then she'll suddenly have a lot of really weird opinions about. Uh, I don't I don't even want to joke. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> No, Still no, they won't. Be. Uh, they won't do Roseanne because you know um, Blue Sky did Ferdinand, and that kind of I don't know. It's it's kind of similar in a way. So, uh, they're, 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 um, and you no, know, it, no. it would it would be Melissa McCarthy if they did that. It wouldn't. They wouldn't. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It would be actually they could actually do use reuse the same cast of Ghostbusters. <laughs> Bring them all back. You know, use use Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon and, Jones. Uh, and Leslie Jones, yeah, use use all of them. <laughs> you know, everyone talks about how their first like you know animated animal crush was Nala back in the day. If you put Kate McKinnon's voice on a cow, no, no, no. So I meant um, not Kate McKinnon. I don't even know the name of my own celebrity crush. Kristen Wiig. There we go. Kristen Wiig. Oh, okay. <laughs> Kristen Wiig cow. I'm just saying. Just I I I won't say no to that. I'm I'm 
just kidding. <laughs> Crystal Wake as a cow. Yeah, actually, uh, speak, speaking of Nala, um, in, in you, you think in the no in the CGI remake, will Nala do uh, make the doomy eyes? The, the bedroom <laughs> eyes while she lays. But uh, probably, probably, I don't think they have. The, I don't think realistic lines can emote that way. So I don't think they're giving them the room to. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, but it was like, watching rewatching that as an adult again. I was kind of like, wow, there, there's some stuff I missed as a kid. Oh yeah, and like the the goose step in hyenas. Oh yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They're gonna cut that out. That song won't be in the remake. Yeah. Oh, are they cutting pre- be prepared out altogether? Yes, uh, as far as I know, yes. Why? Ugh. Because, because you can't. It's a modern audience now, and modern audiences are stupid and childish, and you can't show them anything that resembles anything serious in a symbolic yeah. way. Watch, they're gonna cut out, be prepared, they're gonna replace it with morning report. <laughs> you know what? Um, I'm gonna take your word on that. <laughs> Let John Oliver sing! Yes, yes, oh boy. And you you would think, actually, John Oliver would stay away from voicing animated characters after the Smurf disasters. Oh, was he in that? Yeah, yeah, John Oliver, I think he played Vanity Smurf. Oh. <laughs> it's like it's like John Oliver, um, uh, not, not only was John Oliver taking over The Daily Show, he was also making worse movies than uh, John Stewart. Sheesh. <laughs> I guarantee you, I can do a movie worse than Big Daddy. <laughs> He won that bet. Uh, um, oh yeah, that's uh, that's that's incredibly awesome. But um, also because because fun uh, fun just this is just a quick little tangent. But I actually have a theory um, why Episode One, you know, Star Wars: The Phantom Menace, why it is like it is. The whole thing is just is just George Lucas making a bet with somebody that he can embarrass Liam Neeson on camera. <laughs> Like, like, uh, like a George Lucas making a bet of someone. I bet you ten million dollars. You know, I could, I could put all this goofy shit in the movie and make Liam Neeson crack. <laughs> okay, so uh, at this point, the uh, flying racist caricature alien is going to show you a chance cube, and you're going to use your wizard powers to manipulate the chance cube. And why am I? Why am I doing this? When when you make me do this, I will come after you. Uh, <laughs> But actually, um, Liam Neeson, and that's the funny thing, Liam Neeson remains dignified throughout the whole movie. <laughs> that's true. I mean, like, yeah, during that fight, he 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 he, he kneels down and just, you know, men- meditates and he makes it work. Yeah, absolutely. He makes everything work in that. It's, uh, it's great. But yeah, um, that's just uh, the end of that topic. Um, anything else you have to say about the Disney remake topic? Um, this is the way the world ends now with a bang with a whimper? No, uh, you know, it's... <laughs> It, I, I am, um, I, I sound like such a theme park hipster, but, um, you know, it, it, it does bum me out that Disney was such a driving creative force and in, in a lot of ways they still are. They're doing great stuff with, um, with the Marvel movies and everything, but now you go to Disneyland, every ride has to be a reference to something. Twilight, Z- like Tower of Terror couldn't just be, oh, Tower of Terror was a, was a reference to Twilight Zone, but still, you know, it wasn't a Disney IP. Now it's got to be. A new modern relevant IP, you know, everything has to, everything's memefied. Star Tours is literally scenes from the movies now. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that's that's the media landscape which we occupy at this 
juncture. I'm, I, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I'm sorry. I thought I had a point and then I lost it. <laughs> Try again. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, yeah, like, I, I'm not hot on the remakes. You know, it is what it is, but give it a couple years, I think. Then Hollywood will implode on itself. Then all will be right with the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's not like, you know, Disney is the only thing that's that's doing something unoriginal in a way. I mean, mm-hmm. Disney and Disney still put a lot of stuff out, like something like, you know, they actually tried to do Pirates of the Caribbean and it worked out great and nobody believed in the movie. And then Brad Bird did something else with, uh, but if you're not Pirates of the Caribbean doing a movie based on a Disney ride, is not uh, financially successful, which is yeah. a shame because I actually enjoy Tomorrowland. Right. Oh, no, they and they still could. I, I'm still not over the fact that they passed on Guillermo del Toro's Haunted Mansion because that would have kicked so much ass. Yeah, and then, yeah, del Toro wanted to make Haunted Mansion, didn't work out. And so he made like, Crimson okay. Peak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like, because that movie is just so, it's, it's just this weird little but still expensive movie, just Del Toro doing what he does, and mm-hmm. it doesn't really have much of a point instead of being a, a well-told a gothic ghost story. Yeah. Well, it's a story with ghosts in it, rather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how the movie actually uh, comments on itself in the narrative. It's, right, it's yeah. kind of clever. Yeah. I immediately recognize what we were going for there. Yeah. Yeah, we watched it uh, not too long ago, just a few days ago, and I was like, man, this movie is, is gorgeous. Yeah, oh yeah, um, I, I I only recently saw it last year for the first time. Uh, my girlfriend loves that movie, though. Mm, and the music, the actors, like uh, Tom Hiddleston and uh, Mia Wasikowska, they're, they're great. I think I think um, Jessica Chastain, she overdoes the crazy. She's just way too obvious. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, 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 it does have a case of obvious villain syndrome, but... Uh, that, that, yeah, that... but you're... You're that not re- quite sure what they're doing, so that's still the mystery. Yeah, and also, like, there is that twist on top of it, so it's like, if, there was never any doubt that she was the villain, but uh, the, the reveal of what the actual relationship is, though, it's like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's so much pretty, worse. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it's it's pretty well done. The ghosts look great, like, mm-hmm. everything. Like, it's, 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 it's just a, yeah, just a cool little movie. Um, so, um, and also, like, with Pinocchio, I don't think Disney will touch Pinocchio because uh, Guillermo del Toro is working on uh, this stop-motion musical version oh, really? for that. From, yeah, and he, that's going straight to Netflix, which I think is smart because nobody will see that in theaters, I'm afraid. Yeah. Yeah, Pinocchio's a movie that, that's not that's a property you, you just, you, you got an afternoon to yourself. Oh, yeah, let's watch some Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, I haven't, I never watched the original, like, in full. I just watched clips here and there. I mean, it's a it's a pretty dark movie, but the, the book is way worse. <laughs> uh, I watched several, <laughs> I watched several other adaptations of Pinocchio, and I'm like, yeah, this is, this is a really, really dark and weird story, but mm-hmm. redoing that movie in a way, you know, that has potential to be good, maybe not from Disney, but uh, like, like I said, Guillermo del Toro would be perfect fit. Yeah, stop motion too. That's a really uh, that's a great uh, medium for that. Exactly, but that would be weird because you know stop motion. Then it's just all puppets, so they have to make <laughs> so they have Pinocchio. They have to make Pinocchio extra distinct. Well, that's probably why Del Toro's doing it because, like you know, oh man, maybe humans are the real monster. Maybe humans are the real puppets. Yeah, yeah, but it's also um, something box trolls did in a way. Like uh, no, the, the scary. The scary monsters are actually some of the humans. <laughs> Do you keep up with the Leica movies much? 
Yes, I did. Um, I, I watched all of them. Um, oh, what did you think of Missing Link? I, I uh, had the chance to watch that in the uh, uh, um, critics' screening. Um, oh, wow. And, yeah, because I am a part of a German podcast network where they where we get sent to the press screenings and also we get some sometimes the, the films on stream so we can watch them at home before they come out. And I had the chance to, to watch Missing Link a month before it comes out over here. And I actually I actually really liked it. It's the most harmless uh, Leica movie uh, by far. That was my uh, thought too. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, 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 st- I still thought it was uh, incredibly fun, great animation, wonderful music and all of that. And I had... I just had a good time, and it was a fun little film. Your utopia sucks! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. And also, um, uh, the, when, when, he's, when he's dressed as a nun, and she's like, oh, I don't even want to know where you got that stupid costume. And then he leans, <laughs> he leans over like we uh, we robbed a nun. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one was fun. Kubo and the Two Strings I enjoyed. I just think the story itself kind of got caught up in its own weird lore which made it confusing a little bit that also um it's what the movie's like for lack of a better term message was also it's it's kind of abstract almost like i think i feel like the whole point of kubo is that like life is only worth living because there's pain in it but also the whole metaphor of like divine blindness and like blindness to suffering and I feel like I understand a concept of the concept of the concept with what Kubo is about, but but <laughs> yeah, it, it it feels like an art film made for children. Yeah, but it also has the voice of Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat in it, so you know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. But yeah, it, overall, like I loved the music, loved the art style, and all of it. I just the story itself it just was kind of it, it was kind of hard to follow at points. I just enjoyed it for the look and the overall messages <laughs> and the magic guitar yeah exactly it also teaches you, yeah it, it also teaches you about the magic of music which was great <laughs> and that's uh, it's insane that that didn't even get nominated for best original score because that would have been a perfect fit oh, yeah. but yeah um wow how how did we uh, get to like her movies from this but I uh, whatever. Oh, i think oh, <laughs> pinocchio box trolls but... Oh yeah, yeah, that's 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 true indeed. Box trolls is actually that's one that I, I really like. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I always come back to. I watched that one all by myself in a huge theater. Oh, dude, I got to do that for Alita: Battle Angel. That's the best feeling. <laughs> what? Nobody was in your screening for that. I, I, I it was at the end of its run, so and it was like a weeknight, so like yeah, like no one's gonna be, no one's going to see Alita on a Tuesday. I see. Okay, I watched I watched Alita with my eleven year old brother in the theater, and I was like, Jesus Christ, this movie is violent, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that you know, it's it's always so funny when they say, oh, I think Tarantino said that with From Dust to Dawn, where they made they intentionally made the blood green because the MPAA surprisingly didn't really go after that one. And so Tarantino was like, the MPAA doesn't, uh, it's not like the MPAA doesn't like blood. They just don't like the color red. Huh. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because I've seen something like in John Carter, you have like so many violent stabbings with blood spellers, but in that case, the blood is blue. Yeah. And um, also in Alita Battle Angel, the blood is blue. So that makes it okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like is um, the last Twilight movie, they get away with all that violence because none of them bleed. They just break like glass. 
Yeah, yeah, and in, in the, I think in the last in the last movie they don't really break. Um, I, I think that was in the in the third one. They they kind of break like glass or stone. And in the in the last Twilight movie, they just rip their heads off, but there's no blood. Yeah. <laughs> I do think. Oh god! And then like someone's like head gets ripped off at the jaw. I was like, this yeah, is a, this is in a PG thirteen. This is awesome. Also, oh, you, you awesome. mother effers killed Jasper. He was the one I liked. <laughs> Oh, the climax is just so great. That was actually a great theater experience, because, like, when they reveal that none of the battle actually happened, like, the whole theater was just like, oh, come on! Yeah, I did, but I actually yelled, boo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was great. I just went to see that movie also just in a lark, and I was like, oh, this was an incredibly fun experience in the way how how insanely bad it is. Oh, yeah, that was, like, I mean, because it's kind of like seeing a horror movie in a theater. That's, That's a crowd who will, like, who will really engage with it. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, I saw it, like, I went to the press screening of Avengers Endgame, and it was relatively quiet, because, you know, it's just full of critics. And then I went to see it the very next day with two of my brothers with a crowd. And boy, they were ecstatic. Uh, the moment when blank does blank. Are we still uh, are we still honoring spoilers on Endgame? I don't know. <laughs> I am not really sure. So, um, sp- uh, spoilers for Endgame, real quick, everybody. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I'll, I'll leave that alone. But it's just, um, I, I at one point straight up just shouted, "Carol!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. Also, when somebody picks something up and uses yes. it, and you see that was just the, the audience screamed. It was yeah. insane. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. But boy, yeah. Um, coming back to that. So I guess we said all of our um two cents about um the Disney remakes. Um, not much to add there really i actually think we uh, covered the lots and i think uh, i like i said the pure concept of a remake is pointless unless you are willing to do something new with it something that actually um uh, merits uh, des- uh, is, is deservedly uh, a remake and um, sometimes you can do that i actually think i actually one i'm one of the people who likes the peter jackson king kong mm-hmm um, because they they do some they do some different things with it on top of it you know they they uh, put bigger emphasis on certain elements that weren't really touched on in the original film and it's just somebody you know doing a movie that he loves just again in his style and I I can't get mad at that yeah and that actually merits also you know the, the technological angle because that's clearly one of the reasons where oh now we can we can make it look more like this and all of that because that's such an old movie yeah that it, it you know it actually kind of deserves an update it, it had several updates over the years there were other remakes and sequels and that now another take with kong skull island but that wasn't really that much different in terms of look in a way but yeah, yeah i mean that's uh certain stories were always going to be remade just like a star is born which has like four or five versions now yeah it's it's i it's so weird, because I, I, especially because like those were both born of film. They weren't based on any books, so that's just like a purely cinematic thing that people just keep coming back to. True, because yeah, some, sometimes you know people are calling like True Grit a remake. It's not technically a remake. It's just Another a new adaptation. adaptation of the book. Yeah, yeah, you can always uh, come at that uh, angle. But also with Beauty and the Beast, uh, one of my hopes was, oh, they're just going to do another take on the original tale, on the story. But no, it's just a straight-up remake of the film. Yeah. But yeah, um, with with stuff like that, stuff that's based maybe on books, you have the chance to go back to the book and see what uh, what else you could do with it. Like I said, with uh, the Black Cauldron and all of that, and uh, maybe with some other things. 
But yeah, um, I um, I guess that's our take um, on those remakes. It came out a little bit more positive than I thought, even though we had plenty to make fun of too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about Dumbo. Yeah, Dumbo too. Did you? Oh, no, you didn't watch that. <laughs> no, I, I um, I'll probably check it out once it comes to DVD. Yeah, I watched it in the press screening. I actually liked it. Um, the, but that was uh, hugely because of the music. Uh, Danny mm-hmm. Elfman does a great job in that one. Uh, the, the, the kids are uh, bland. It's just incredibly wooden kid acting. But the adults are pretty good. Um, mm. Colin uh, Colin Farrell actually does a pretty convincing American accent in that one. Oh, cool. Yeah, which which I didn't expect. Um, uh, all the other cast, you know, is funny. If, even though... Um, you will watch that remake and you were like, wow, because the, weirdly enough, it's kind of, it has a very critical take on Disneyland and Disney himself. I heard that, yeah. It's weird. It's really weird that they chose that angle, but it's it, it makes it all the more interesting. And that is actually also one of those things where it's like, yeah, they do, they, they embellish the story in a, way, in a way that this actually kind of, you know, deserves um, a remake in a way, you know, that is actually... It justifies its existence. <laughs> oh yeah, because I mean, the first one is like that movie is not even an hour long, so there, there's just getting it to um, just getting it to like feature length of like the modern era. You absolutely have to change it. You have to, you have yeah. to do something d- different with it just to get it to be a long enough movie. Yeah, I think they are done with the original story uh, after like the first half hour, forty five minutes, and then it goes over into uh, this entirely new. A plot and all of the stuff they added so mm-hmm. yeah that, that tells you something right there <laughs> but yeah Dumbo that's a more recent example and now we get Aladdin and the Lion King looking forward to in quotes I'm actually thinking about uh, boycotting uh, the Lion King because I just don't see any point yeah I'll I'm definitely not going opening weekend I'll wait to hear what what, what other people have to say about it but I'm probably gonna let that one just pass yeah yeah probably but unless there's some very very good reason or i don't have to pay anything or that much for it maybe maybe i get uh maybe i'm sent to that press screening as well in that case i will check it out <laughs> but mm. i i don't expect much uh unless that the trailers were just totally misleading and they're going into a totally different direction right it's just gonna be the same thing just you know weird weirdly animated and uh and more serious and gritty because that's why i don't know they, they want to make you take the stories more seriously even though you could totally do that with the original too uh <laughs> yeah i think they're they're leaning too hard into like people having people you know the assumption that 2d animation is for kids which you know it ain't it's for everybody no it ain't have you seen ralph bakshi movies oh gosh <laughs> the wizards the wizard, um, no, 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 just wizards, right? Oh, that's right, the... uh, w- wizards, that's right. Yeah. That, w- <laughs> I... A family picture! Oh, I'm glad you changed your name, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, the vet, I mean, he's clearly insane, too, you know? A little bit. So that's, that's, little yeah, bit. that's two angles. It's always dangerous when you have a director who is actually, actually kind of insane, and <laughs> uh, he's making movies, because with certain directors you could say oh they kind of they kind of a kooky you know they kind of have a weird take but you just let them go because they're talented enough you know somebody like tim burton who clearly is is is, is this this uh kind of like this weirdo who just likes movie magic and all of that oh, yeah. but and he's acknowledged that some... like, oh, so, uh, he, he's even said in interviews just like yeah i think these movies are just me working out stuff from when i was younger 
That's yeah, why there's true. always a there's that's why there's always a strained father son relationship in them. Yeah, and creepy clowns and all of it. Oh, you have yeah. creepy clowns in Dumbo as well at a certain point, mm. which was fun. <laughs> but yeah, that's it about the remake topic. Where can people find you and your stuff on the internet? Uh, you can find me at youtube.com slash ilnege. That's I-L-N-E-I-G-E. Uh, or if you just search uh, Defending Dragon Ball Evolution, you'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, but the handles there are both super weird and odd to spell because I I chose the worst possible online handle. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, but um, you can find links to all my social media on any of my YouTube videos. So if you find me on YouTube, you can find me everywhere else. Yeah, I will also put the links in the description, of course. Oh, wonderful. Um, uh, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Lasse Vogt. Um, I have also a YouTube channel, The Deppert, where I do a bunch of stupid stuff. Um, I write German soundtrack reviews for scoregeek.wordpress.com. Um, my own podcast you're listening to right now is called Fancy World Films. You can find it on SoundCloud and iTunes. My other podcast, it's called It's a 90s Christmas Podcast. I host it with Lyle Perez. Um, and we talk about... Um, Christmas 90s um, nostalgia and media um, it's, a, it's a wonderful little podcast and we got some great comments check it out and I guess that's it for all of my online stuff all I can say is thank you so much for being a guest on this show I had a blast talking to you it was a lot of fun um, ripping these uh, remakes and the topics apart in a way oh yeah uh, thanks so much for having me on I'm glad we were finally able to uh, make this work we were t I, I think you first reached out to me like well like six months ago I think yeah that's true yeah um yes yeah, so I'm glad we were able to 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 make it work finally and uh, yeah thanks so much for having me on I've had a I've had a grand old time thank you so much I can only say the same thing and I hope I can uh, bring you back at a certain point uh, to talk about another topic again yeah for sure when they inevitably remake uh I, I don't know uh, the rescuers down under <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah true that's the one we didn't mention yeah because I didn't see much of a point there but <laughs> if you can have animated rats in Cinderella I guess you can also animate mice and <laughs> and, and just just make another stupid little situation in a way I don't know <laughs> it's not impossible it's not impossible for them to actually do that now I'm now that I think of it <laughs> but yeah um thank you so much for being a guest on here and we uh, we talked about so many other things which shows yeah we have a lot to talk about so uh, for any other topic whenever you can work some time out uh, contact me or i will contact you and uh, we will talk here again pretty soon i hope all right sure thing so um thank you so much for listening dear audience and um, definitely seek his stuff out it's great and very very entertaining thank you so much for listening and we both say goodbye and good night goodbye and good night <laughs>